This is the Equity Management Academy weekly podcast, Mean Reversion Trading, for July 17th, 2022. Gold, the lost decade. Summary. For Latin America, the 1980s were a lost decade. Many Latin American countries failed to make the payments under foreign debt. In the 1970s, oil spiked to record highs twice, which led to many Latin American countries experiencing current account deficits. In August 1982, the crisis began when Mexico informed the U.S. that Mexico could no longer service its debt, which then totaled $80 billion. 16 Latin American countries soon declare that they could not make their debt payments either. The Lost Decade For Latin America, the 1980s were a lost decade. Many American countries failed to make the payments under foreign debt. In the 1970s, oil spiked to record highs twice which led to many Latin American countries experiencing current account deficits. Countries that exported oil had current account surpluses. The U.S. government encouraged banks to take deposits from the oil exporters and lend that money to the oil importers. Under the system, Latin American borrowing skyrocketed in the 1970s. In 1970, Debt stood at $371 billion. But by 1982, debt hit $1.1 trillion. Some analysts began to warn about U.S. banks' risk in lending so much to Latin American countries. Such warnings went unheeded, and by 1982, the nine largest U.S. money center banks held Latin American debt equal to 176% of their capital. In early 1970s, the situation was stable since short-term interest rates were almost zero and the world economy was growing. However, Industrialized countries began to focus on lowering inflation rates, which led to the U.S. and Europe tightening their monetary policies. Nominal interest rates rose, and in 1981, the global economy went into a recession. At the same time, commercial banks began to change higher interest rates and impose shorter, uh, shorter terms on their loans. Latin American countries quickly found it impossible to make their debt payments. In August 1982, the crisis began when Mexico informed the U.S. that Mexico could no longer service its debt, which then totaled $80 billion. Sixteen Latin American countries soon declare that they could not make their debt payments either. The 16 countries and 11 less developed countries in other parts of the world had to reschedule their debt payments. Banks began to stop foreign lending as they tried to collect on their existing loans. The sudden cutoff of lending sent many Latin American economies into deep recessions. The previous system of heavy borrowing, high currency levels, high government intervention in the economy, and high domestic consumption 
which was common in Latin America, could not continue. The U.S. Fed led an emergency meeting to address the crisis in tandem with other central banks. They gave Mexico a bridge loan and encouraged U.S. banks to reschedule Mexico's debt. As the crisis spread, the U.S. became a lender of last resort. Banks restructured loans, while the International Monetary Fund and other governmental agencies lent countries enough to pay the interest, but not the principal, on loans. In return, the indebted countries restructured their economies to cut budget deficits. The plan was for the reforms to increase exports, which would generate trade surpluses and dollars to pay the external debt. The crisis was averted, but the basic problem continued. Instead of reducing state-owned companies, many Latin American countries cut spending on infrastructure, health, and education while freezing the wages of government employees. This led to high unemployment, a drop in income, and a slow or negative growth. U.S. banks could also delay having to recognize the full losses on their loans. It soon, be, it soon became clear that the loans would never be repaid. Banks began to set up loans, loan loss provisions. The U.S. government also realized that Latin American countries could not repay their loans while also growing economically. On the Secretary of the Treasurer, Nicholas Brady, Brady's plan, loan principles were reduced. Between 1989 and 1994, banks forgave $61 billion in loans, about one-third of the total. The 18 countries that participated in the Brady Plan agreed to further reforms so they could service their reduced debt. Despite evidence of the problem, most involved did not recognize the problem until it became a crisis. U.S. reacted by weakening banking regulations, so banks with large loans would not go insolvent. The actions staved off a panic, but it allowed the big banks to avoid the effects of their earlier risk lending practices. The experience may, may have led to increased risk-taking, as we have seen in recent years. The World Bank says that in the next year, as many as a dozen countries will not be able to service their debt. It will be the largest debt crisis in history. Many states in India have a debt-to-GDP ratio similar to Sri Lanka. The entire world is in debt distress. Governments have to cut spending or borrow even more. Conclusion As we take a look at the charts above, we uh, can see gold is currently entering the mania phase as the third world debt crisis increases. Gold will play a major role in the monetary system. Price discovery will overtake the price suppression and manipulation by the central banks. The media attention phase 
develops as the data begins to come in regarding Latin American debt defaults that could precipitate the massive run to gold only to find a shortage of physical supplies, perpetuating the acceleration of the enthusiasm phase due to the public and retail demand that could ignite greed and delusion into a blow-off phase within a peak in gold of over $5,000 in 2024. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about what we do, please go to the Equity Management Academy, ematotrade.com, or listen to any of our previous episodes. Are you looking for an automated artificial intelligence trading system? Do you want to analyze commodities and financial markets to determine when to buy and sell? Looking for an indicator to predict future trends in the commodities and financial markets? Welcome to EMA2 Trade Live Signals. Our Variable Changing Price Momentum Indicator, VCPMI, is an automated AI trading system developed and tested over a decade. The VCPMI algorithm is based on age-old vortex mathematics combined with Fibonacci wave theory, trend analysis, pivot points, and several other widely accepted financial analytical methods. The VCPMI can help you take emotions out of your trading and rely on simple mathematics to predict future trends in financial markets. This approach will make your trading more effective, consistent, and profitable. VC PMI algorithm. The VC PMI code points and levels are support and resistance levels and behave exactly like any historical supply and demand level. Therefore, the VC PMI code levels are useful as an index tool for both day trading and for selecting and exercising entries and exits for longer term traders. Why VC PMI? The VCPMI relies on artificial intelligence to analyze markets and predicts future movements, which seek to determine what a security or commodity is worth at a given point in time. The VCPMI uses technical analysis in the form of mean reversion trading, which seeks to capitalize on extreme changes in the pricing of a particular market based on the assumption that it will revert to its previous state. The VCPMI can be applied to both buying and selling as it allows a trader to profit on unexpected upswings and save when security or commodity is trading at an abnormal level. Visit ema2trade.com for more details.